Hello. Oliver and welcome, welcome from Graham, welcome from Charles to two big egos in a small car. And um, it's a joy to have you on, Oliver. Right, Oliver Jones. For those who don't know Oliver, they should know Oliver, co founded the Deer Shed Festival with his wife Kate in North Yorkshire in 2010 and is about to enter its 13th year, attracting 10,000 people a year. And it's one of the great success stories and one of the great joys of the Yorkshire festival scene, the summer festival scene. And its impact is wider than just Yorkshire, it would be fair to say. If you could run a festival that would appeal both to the trendy, to the family, to the cutting edge, but also to have a, an eye to the commercial, seems to me, Oliver, that this is a festival that does, does all that. Yes, well, it's nice of someone to notice. <laughs> um, yeah it, it yeah when you what a very kind introduction um you, you always no one ever seems to notice kind of what because there the, the used to be and graham will remember that a lot of festivals when we started out that have all just gone you know it's like boutique exactly. small, small festivals and like yeah. a real pop, but um Ooh. and we appear to sort of still be here having gone through all sorts of pandemics and you know now cost of living crisis and all that and yeah as, as yep. part, i would i would like to say we're we're a cultural beacon but that that might be <laughs> no no I, I, th I think you are all over and you're right about all those little festivals in the noughties which you and me used to go to and you and mm. your band education would actually play in occasionally and i actually mm. dug out because first time i knew you were in a, a great little punk indie band called education with great satirical sharp slightly political lyrics and i used to put you on my charm rights it was a great band and then suddenly out the blue about 2010 i, I found out you were uh, starting a festival at Ballsby park in topcliffe not that far from thirsk and, and i went up there to see the first one about the same time i was doing the finch festival and at the time i thought it's a beautiful setting but it's it's, it's a bit ambitious and what's going to happen with this and i think the first one had a, was about a thousand people was it two thousand um. 2000 first one. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And that, but at the time, I still thought, well, th this has a lineage with all those small festivals you mentioned. Mm. But the way you've progressed that since 2010, it's completely outgrown and outshone all those great little festivals to become something mm. which is such high quality and so brilliantly organised. It's, it's just absolutely world class. And uh, I, I think your life would be easier, though, if you're, if you're in the South with more people with more money. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we don't we don't have much money. Is that what you said? Sorry, I missed that. I missed that little. Yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. Basically, you've managed to forge this really high quality, amazingly good music and cultural arts festival, not in the south where you've got the biggest population with the biggest amount of mm. money, but in in the good old north, which is still gets despised for being you know it's grim up north type yeah. nonsense. And you've managed to produce that world quality event not in the most obvious place to do it. It's, it's, it's an amazing achievement. Well, we haven't, we're, we're still, um, we're still independent as well. It's the festival still owned by um, Kate and myself. Mm. And mm. Uh, 
a lot of other there seems to be a little bit of a ceiling on that really because we know a lot of other festivals who are sort of trade body and festivals seem to get to a certain size and then they they either shit themselves and think we can't mm. run this <laughs> run this risk yep. you know because it's yeah and um, the budget's well into seven figures for the deer shed um and they tend, to get, they tend to lose nerve or they tend to run into financial trouble and they have to sell a bit and then you know, mm-hmm. that tends to be how things go. You either you know, get scared or go bust, you know, which has happened to Down the Rabbit Hole recently. Well, I don't know if you saw that. Um, mm. yeah. you know, so it's it's going to be, um, 2023 is going to be carnage for, mm. you, know, <laughs> you know, there'll be so many casualties, I think. Um, you think is that because of cost of living and energy bills what do you mean it's well it's a whole it's it, it's going to be a combination of all sorts of things none of which make it any easier um sort of like um the supply chain as we like to call it in terms of mm. stage you know everything toilets to staging all that all the bits and bobs you need but i think cost of living has changed um people's buying habits so that people mm-hmm. are our kind of like normal curve of when we sell tickets, we just don't know anymore because we haven't, no. you know, COVID has COVID has changed that as well. So um, people are people are buying later, you know, yeah, which is a pattern of behaviour from COVID a little bit. But they're also thinking, you know, if if you've got enough money to have a summer holiday and a festival, and all of a sudden your mm. gas going up two grand or whatever, it's like, well, you know, yeah. you could use one. So it's not, you know. Despite your your um, your kind words, we're not out the woods really. Um, well, I remember from oh. previous stories of festivals uh, crashing and burning. The, the the danger sign is when tickets are sold mainly late, because then you've got the terrible prospect of do I go ahead with something with all the costs involved, even though the ticket money's not coming in, or do I cut my losses and, and halt it now? And I've I've read that in the past about many, many events that have gone bust. It's the problem about Late ticket sales are terrible for big events. You need to you know you've got the money. Yeah. But did we get to a point, do you think, where maybe there were too many festivals? Uh, and you could argue uh, you can't have you can't have too many, but there was a stage when actually I think it was pretty well impossible for anyone to go to them all because there were so many. Uh, obviously, conditions with COVID and subsequently now what's happening would streamline and bring victims. But I do wonder whether. There would have been a fallback in the number of festivals anyway, Oliver. Um, yeah, quite, quite possibly, really. Um, and, and, yeah, there was a there was a big explosion, and then it got to a point when, you know, any certainly anyone now trying to start something, they'd be, mm. it, it, you have to be, you can't be risk averse to start one anyway, but to start <laughs> without any backing, like going back to that. Yeah first year so we in our first year we got 2,000 people well I, I would be I would have no confidence about starting a new event and getting 2,000 people now I no. think mm. almost almost impossible and but festivals take a while to die <clears throat> they don't just die um, yeah. straight yeah. away if you have a bad one and you sell early bird tickets um for, for the following year you can cash flow a festival you know what I mean um and mm. it, it can take a little while so I still think there's there's a there's a there's a bit of a latency to it, um, but no, it's it's a terrible. No, it's no different from any other business, you know, business in this country that any sort of hospitality business, which is, you know, I was it trying to remember. To that, Graham, yeah. please. 
it seems to me that the problem is that the the British economy is changing the way which favours big things with big backers and a secure situation. So, you know, the, the, the ideal thing in both arts and culture and economies, you know, risk takers and entrepreneurs and people with vision and all, all the circumstances seem to pertain against that sort of person. Now it's, it's becoming really hard to be independent. Yeah, and Live Nation, are, Live Nation are running away with it now. Sort of yes. without when when the um, when the eyes been off them, you know, they were very. Yeah. Melvin Bain was very uh, to the forefront during the COVID. Um, yes, he was mm. with all those test events, <laughs> of which I went mm. to in Liverpool. Mm. Uh, yeah, um, there really ought to be a kind of um, is it the CMA? I can't remember what that release thing is called now, but mm. there really ought to be. Yeah. And I think it's I think long term it's the biggest threat. And I, within our trade association, I'm about, I'm about the only one who sort of is battling on that this should be on the agenda because everybody thinks it's not an issue, but it, it's increasingly an issue. And they've you know they they now have got such a long list of festivals, and um, it doesn't it doesn't it affected us weirdly that that um, Camp Festival, which is now owned by um, Live Nation, stole all of our really good tent suppliers you know it's not affecting us because we can't book you know elbow or whatever it's it's, mm. it's it's annoying in a way that doesn't seem quite as as dramatic in terms of exclusivity but and i think if you if we're so any we you know be painful so it's, it's not that the bands because your list of bands you've had over the years uh goldfrap gaz coombs james richard holly john grant k tempest yardak dry cleaning nadine shah self-esteem Anna Calvi, Wedding Present, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's a prime list of great indie alternative acts. Are you saying it's not a problem getting the acts now as an independent? It's more a problem getting the infrastructure? Well, I just think it's I think it's a thing that the exclusivity thing, there's just some band, there's just some bands we can't have because they'll do they'll sign ah. a touring, they'll sign a touring yep. deal with um with Live mm. Nation. Ah. And then, which will tie them into like a you know a tour of the UK and Europe or whatever, and and to play four or five Live Nation festivals the following season mm. or, or whatever it is. And it, it, mm. Yeah, I. It, but this consolidation, I guess, my point is that you know you how long can you remain you know an independent entity uh, before it? Yeah. Because it's really stressful. You know, it's it's you know I, you know the the number of times I've been. Um, you know, on the edge over the years in terms of uh, either be it over the festival weekend or in the run-up. You know, it's it's yeah. horrific. It's horrific. Really. But how, how early, well, Oliver? Now, do you put um, a bill together for the festival in principle? Uh, well, we used to. We we've done it quite early this year. Kate, yes. Kate, my wife used to book it, so she booked yeah. it for about ten years, and then we we felt that um, we had run through a list of all the bands that we'd have ever wanted to play apart from pj harvey we wouldn't be able to afford <laughs> wouldn't play it anyway um and so uh yeah this i mean we we announced sort of um end of november i think this year pretty much mm. the complete music lineup which is early um yes everybody was trying to get uh you know there was a scrabble for earlier this year there was a scrabble for everything like a scrabble mm. for Main stages, big tops, yeah. and yeah. bands as well. And and now we have a guy called Matt Cooper who is um, dry cleanings agent and an agent for oh, yes. who um, who's booking it. So we've we've kind of and he's like early thirties. So we've over the years you let go of 
you know various things and it's weird that um yeah we've let go of the booking i mean it's 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 in consultation and it's all the sort of sure. facts that we sure. would um it's not far from what we would have booked but it's no um yeah but it's it's a three-day festival and it's it's literature and science and arts and comedy and music and as someone who only organised the Fringe for Harrogate Festival and organised charm gigs and charm events, all of which are way smaller than what you do every single year with Dave Shed, that used to cost mm. me that used to so much heartache, so much time, so much tension, because organisation always involves more things than you ever think every time you start doing it. So mm. I'm, I'm just, I can't believe you've actually done it for, for 12 years, going into your 13th year. It's just a huge amount of work. Does it get easier? No. No, I knew you were <laughs> going to say that. <laughs> uh, we've had a few. We've had a few terrible. Like there were a few. Like when you when it goes well, you don't remember them. So I couldn't tell you what dish. Mm -hmm. so I have no mm -hmm. no idea. But I could tell you that number five, when we run our <laughs> when we run our own water system, uh, from a from a borehole in the park, which was all legit Gosh. and all signed off by Harrogate Council, but we got we got a terrible set of lab results. On the Thursday. Oh no! Oh no! And it was absolutely scorching. It was the hottest weekend, and so it was just you know, it, it, so that five was bad, and ten was bad. Not ten, twelve. What was the last one? Twelve. Yeah, because we had, yeah. yeah, it was mm. it was really good front of house, and I don't know you'd have noticed, but um, <laughs> you know, all site loads of site changes and loads of staff following COVID, we had to get rid of a load of stuff. You know, just. No, so it doesn't it doesn't get any easier, and um, and you get, and of course you get more old and less able to deal with it, uh, and um, more more jail, yeah. and you know. Well, yeah, Oliver, none of this comes across because when you're there, it's like Paradise on Earth. It's the most civilized festival I've ever been to in my life. It's the sort of place that the bands seem to like playing because they know that if they bring in the children, it's a great place to be and it's a really safe place to be. And you'll see mm. like Gaz Coombs just queuing for a drink in the bar like if it's nothing just un unusual about that and yeah it, it's 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 it, it might just combine that complete <clears throat> high quality civilization with with a great lineup and the gig the gigs themselves are rock and roll but the atmosphere is <laughs> very very family so it's, it's it's quite a hard thing to pull off but yeah certainly pull I it off I, I that all that's true i don't think what's the weird thing is that um I'm not sure how valued that is in terms of, uh, you mm. know, always, we always, when we started out, we always just were worried that there wasn't enough people who would get it and understand mm. it in the north of England. Um, and um, that's, I'm still not sure whether, <laughs> whether there A couple of things, Oliver, just remind uh, our listeners how you, how it came about <clears throat> that it was Baldersby Park, how that came about. And then, if I may, just ask you to pick out maybe acts that you've been thrilled have played uh, at Deer Shed over the years. So uh, a couple of questions there. Yeah. Um, I, well, I, I've always... Well, Kate and me have always worked in, in the music industry. I used to be a recording engineer going back to when I in my 20s, and she's always worked yeah. in publishing and, and record companies and manage, music management mostly. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and we moved back up from moved back up to the family farm from from London. Yeah. Uh, had children, um, and we 
the, the part obviously lends itself um, to to you know it's a great well, it's not the best festival site but it's a perfectly adequate pretty nice festival yes site. Exactly. So, so it was exactly. sort of like and we just we, as Graham might remember we we'd never promoted anything before and we used to do these little shows in Thirsk at the courthouse which we yeah. did yes in the dock um, yeah. and we had we had all manner of um, uh, folks come through that they weren't they're were only like 60 70 but they got us into that way of thinking about how do you mm. sell how do you sell tickets and yeah, and, you had James Yorkston once, and you had Father John Misty when he was still JJ Tillman. I remember. Right, yeah, yeah, that was. Um, I, I remember that being. Well, it was. Yeah, it was. It was one that sold out the quickest, and uh, the, the one that I think made me feel most uncomfortable because <laughs> it was so, so intense, so yeah. bearable, really, as a promoter to watch it. But um, yeah, and um, yeah, so we we just got we started small. You know, we we had. The yeah, budget, the budget for the first one was we thought it would cost 40 grand and it cost 80. You know, it was a terrible mm. uh, miscalculation. But, um, <laughs> in, I'm trying to think in terms of, I think the band, I think the um, the band that I was most still is still is my favorite is School of Seven Bells, who we had, oh, in, yes, yes, had in year three. Um, and how we managed it, I don't know because they. At the time, they were sort of one of the hippest bands in the world, really. Mm. Uh, and um, we tragically lost Ben Curtis. Um, yes. Mm. At some point after. And they did this little, um, they did um, a kind of acoustic impromptu thing in the woods as well for us that we that we had videos. So they did a, did, did a, a couple of tunes um, before or after their, their set. But it wasn't, it wasn't a terribly amazingly well attended show but i just think that's mm. that will always stick with me mm. stick mm. with me as being um how how on earth did we agree did they agree to come and do it and i think it was just a routine in terms of in terms of festival balance as well oliver it in that it's not just music um strange enough when harrogate festival started it was a festival of science and arts and your festival has has had that thrust to it. it's also had comedy as part of it it's had workshops as part of it. It's had children as part of it. Um, how did that come about? Was that, I mean, because that is perhaps, as I referred to right at the start, the kind of model for a festival that is all embracing. But did that come about straight away? Or was that an instinct thing that it should be more varied than just music? Or has that gradually mutated through the years? Um, I, I think the first, we, we always thought it should be a kids festival. So from year one, we had music, we had a little bit of comedy, but it wasn't, we didn't know what we were doing with the comedy and it wasn't, mm. and it wasn't PG rated and we had problems getting rid of kids, oh, kids yes. from the, from the audience. And so, <laughs> we, so we saw about three factors in the first, there was, there was, there was kids workshops and there was music and yeah. there was comedy late on, but not much comedy at all. No. Um, no. And then we quickly discovered that the comedy had to be PG rated at least up to a, yeah. a predefined watershed moment, um, which is possible, challenging, but it is possible. And it sometimes makes for mm. extraordinarily good comedy shows. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and then Megan, who, who works who works for us now, he, she's 20 years younger than me. She came up from yeah. you know, being a kind of intern, paid intern sort of thing. 
and she yeah, yeah, yeah. she she would kind of go to she'd go to the fringe every year and she would just find the best shows yeah. not not comedy as such but shows you know like kind of like um yes porn section sort of um stuff yes yeah. uh, you mm. know brett, uh, brett domino trio that sort of thing yeah um but then we had we would theme when we did the themes which started in year two with because we felt we had to we had to support so i am clue played in year two and they mm. just said sky at night album you know so we themed it yes album i remember i remember yes because we felt i felt at least that we needed to support the idea of that because they're not an obvious saturday night knees up headliner um no. and it was, i mean i'm going off the topic here, but it was an exquisite evening because it was a clear the sky did clear about an hour before that yeah show perfect perfect it was amazing but because of the theme thing i think what year four we had a, a theme which was machines and then that just sprung the idea of having a science tent or a machine whatever we called it then um and the thing with it is that kids aren't you know kids have all sorts of you know interest they're not they're not interested in music at all generally when they're younger no but they might be sporty or they might be geeky or they might, you know, which mm. I don't allowed to say now, um, you know, or interested in <laughs> more techie stuff or interested in sure. you know, whatever, whatever else that, of the strands that have been added over the years. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It just kind of like the other thing as well is that you can't, com it's very hard to compete just on music. If you've got no money, you know, if you've got, yes. Yes. Uh, so you have to go, um, very broad uh, mm. and, and the things that kids like doing for example this year we've added something called the feral farm which is literally <laughs> which is literally just a space that's got some straw in it you know it, it, it the, over covid we did these base camp things and you just i just stood, yes, there, I remember. stood there watching kids just tearing hay bales that weren't meant to be played with particularly to bits and the joy, the, the joy on the parents' faces as they, as their kids were out and about, just going mad after being locked up for so long. Mm, so exactly. Those things don't cost. Those things don't cost any money. No. Uh, no. Yet they entertain kids for, you know, hours really. Uh, so yes, exactly. It doesn't all have to be, you know, award-winning uh, curation. No. No. Uh, no. Yeah, but when you think uh, of Deer Shed, when you think of Deer Shed, you don't think who, who's headlining, because most festivals sell yeah. their tickets on the headliners. But with Deer Shed, you go to Deer Shed because mm. you like Deer Shed because you know Deer Shed, and who's playing is only mm. important in the sense that you you can trust it to be good. But you don't think like I'm not going to go this year because I don't like the headliner. It's not that sort of festival. So whatever whatever you set out to achieve, you've definitely achieved. But, but I think you should talk about what's happening next year because yes, yeah, a plug a plug for next year if you would. Uh... Oliver, please do that. Uh, right. Um, well, it, it, it all the all the obviously all the same strands, um, you know. And uh, all we've announced at the moment is is the music. So that's I guess that's all I can kind of talk about um, in terms of like any big plans. We've had a lot of yeah. We've had a lot of stuff that's been going on behind the scenes this time. So I've not really thought. I curate the science tent, so I've not really thought long and hard about that yet. We've yeah. got a, we've got a new website coming, which I've been, you know, looking around with, which is uh -huh. which I'm hoping will be launched tomorrow, which is which is quite exciting and quite 
a dramatic change from what we've had before. Um, Tomorrow being the 19th of the 12th, yeah. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you see, you're the scientist amongst you. You may know something the rest of us don't. Armageddon is on its but also, way. This, this podcast will be out in a few days anyway, so by the time this podcast yeah. is out, the website will be yeah, done. It should, it should, it should that, that's, that's the reason I'm which. So, so um, we, Graham is pointing out that headliners aren't necessarily you know, vital to coming, but nevertheless, who are well, the they headliners? Are great. Well, yeah. no, they, so are, got, they are always good. <laughs> yeah, well, we've, so we on the Saturday night, we've got a kind of old favourite, which is um, public service broadcasting, who have played, yes. never played, who've never headlined Deerset before, but they have played before. Um, and yeah. the thing about that, which will be good, is that it's it's at night, you know, it's, it's post half nine. And that show really, really works when it's, Mm. Because it's all the big screens and it's all the AV. Exactly. Yeah, they're amazing exactly. live mm. at night time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. And then on the Friday, we've got uh, The Comet is Coming, which I think will be great as well mm. because mm. they are quite a good, uh, a great festival band, whilst being obviously a, they're a little bit jazzy, but they're quite intense and they're quite, you know, um, they dig in quite a lot. That saxophone really sort of yeah. like. Quite a soulful, yeah. yeah. So that well, they're uh, quite yeah. modern for for a jazz band. They seem to touch into like a bit of rave culture, a bit of electronica, and a bit of reggae. That they're, they're very off off now. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that. I'm looking forward to. Um, now Sunday is a band who you will know more about than me, uh, Graham. Is the Delgados, who are oh re- yeah, who, <laughs> oh, yeah, who yeah, are after a long time. Yeah, and we've had, we've, mm. yeah, we've had Emma Pollock before. Um, in, as a solo artist, um, so I need I need to do some I need to do some homework on them. But I think that's kind of um, uh, well. I'm I'm assured that will go down <laughs> well. Again, this is because <laughs> we've let go of the booking. Do you know what I mean? This is what's a bit yes. Yeah. I can't. I can't. They're a, they're, a, they're, a, they're a class act to the Delgado. It's very good. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yes. that's uh, and, and then the kind of and. Trying to think who's on the on, on the undercard. I've, I've sort of there's there's a band called um, almost right to the bottom of the lineup, and it's the Warrington and Runcorn Town Development Plan or something like that. It's a really <laughs> I can't quite remember. It's a really hard band name to, 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 and it's one guy whose name I can't who I don't know either. And we we've, we've we've seen him before, and it's it's kind of like a Blade Runner style Vangelis soundtrack. Oh. <laughs> over original footage of the meetings that were held and the public conversations that were held mm. around the Warrington and, and Runcorn. Um, wow, that, that sounds band brilliant. Band. It's, it's, just, it's an <laughs> astonishing juxtaposition. <laughs> because it does sound like, like, you know, it does sound like Blade Runner and you've just got all these, all these quite stark minimalist... Uh, I, I suspect, Oliver, that that guy is never going to end up in Live Nation. No, he was no. He, he was. We've paid him a very modest amount of money <laughs> to come, considering how captivating his um. <laughs> there's loads of other stuff. There's a there's a band called Groves from Bristol who are amazing. You know there is. Mm-hmm. I haven't got mm-hmm. the list. I haven't got the list in front of me here. There's no. Nope. Don't worry about it. Even even the five that you've mentioned have tantalised us. And public service broadcasting is they're always a thrill. I'm assuming probably they will have a new album out in time for that. I would have thought. Chances I'm not are sure. maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not mm. sure um, about no. that, whether they have or not. Whether they're in cycle yeah. or out of cycle. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. They were kind have of early bird tickets, have early bird ticket sales gone yet, uh, Oliver? Yeah, we're we're working our way up. We're working our way up the tiers. Um, yeah. Slow, slowly but surely. But we are kind of like you know we are we have got about three budgets on the go. You know we've got a kind of full capacity budget. You know a ten thousand mm. budget, and we've got you, you know we are very conscious about how what we don't want to do is just think that this curve is going to just take off you, you know when we get mm -hmm. to the spring so we've got we we are planning for all sorts of different um scenarios, scenarios. yeah 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 and it's 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 to it's to do with how how things are selling you know it's not just you know, we're selling better than most but the, but when you talk to other festival organizers there's there is not a lot of confidence at the moment. So we're kind of thinking, right, well, how can we, we've got these various budgets based on the quality being the same, yeah. as, as I hope you would all come to expect, but just let's not, let's not go, let's not lose it at this point, you know? So I'd like to think that's why we're still here, that we'll have, we'll make these, 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 these decisions about, right, let's, let's cut it, this, let, you know, without, mm. Because there's a lot of fat. Traditionally, there's been a lot of fat on this. You know, there's been like almost too many. You know, you'd have people coming away saying, "Right, well, I missed that, uh, and I missed yeah. that, and yeah. uh, and that can be just. It, it's a nice, it's a nice criticism to have that there's too mm. much going on. But um, yeah, it's got to be better that way around than not enough, hasn't it? I mean, that's, yeah. that's the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So. Um, it, it sounds to me that, that for a supposedly small festival, it's actually a huge enterprise. And that what you see in the surface is this, this glorious, great time everybody has. And in Below the Surface, you revealed there's actually a huge amount of <laughs> hard work and quite a lot of okay. worry and risk. So you, you, yeah. you've revealed quite a lot tonight about the, the art of making a fantastic independent well, festival. Serious, I'm, still, I'm still in huge admiration, Oliver. Huge. Well, in all seriousness, it will kill me one day. <laughs> yeah. So you can't, you, won't, you can't be the swan on the surface paddling yes. away underneath yes. frantically yes. forever. It will actually, it'll be ah. the dying swan at some point. What I, a terrible I, thought, I, Oliver. I think so. I think, well, I, don't, well I'd rather, I I would rather go doing that than anything else. You know what I mean? so, fair um, point. Fair point. One, one thing's for Graham, sure, if you'd Oliver like to do the summary for us. Very seriously. Mm. What's that? Mm. If you'd like to do the summary for us. And um, well, and I, th I think we can't talk what was just said. Any man who thinks mm. that his great project, which has been a huge success and pleases thousands and thousands of people, is going to it's going to kill him. Anybody says that is a man who's committed to his cause. So, I, you know, hats off to Oliver. Amazing performance. Do you want, do you want my what, exactly. other, yeah. other point to finish? Do you want one my secret story about? Um, yes. About yes. This? So, so one year I was early early on. Um, I was, and I told this story to Stuart Lee, who came to uh, the festival mm. this year. I thought I thought I had to go quite deep, quite early with him in order to like secure his his, um, you know, so he didn't think I was an idiot, you know, sort of guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very, I, you have to sort of, yeah. Well, that's what I thought. I have to, I have to invest. You have to invest in me quite early, but otherwise, you know. So, um, I one year I was. If you can imagine, imagine the sort of mix of body chemistry after a festival. So you've got sort of relief, but you've got a lot of fatigue and you've got, you know, anxiety and, you know, and you've had a great show. So you've got elation. 
and it can really mess with you. Um, and then I can't remember which one it was, but certain things started happening to me, like all quite weird things. Like I would already, I would, I would sort of, I'd have, I saw a drawing pin in the corner of a porter cabin or something really strange like that. And an hour later, somebody says, "Oh, I need a drawing pin to pop some balloons or something." <laughs> And I knew exactly where one drawing pin was. They only wanted one. Oh, my good God. I knew exactly where one was after everything had been packed up. And all these things kept happening. And in the end, this is how uh, what is, I was in such a state. I felt I was being spoken to by God. And I'm not at all a religious <laughs> person. But this just got, and this just kept getting reinforced and reinforced. And then God, God said to me, um, and I don't for a second think this is anything other than He's, what, he's not in the bill next year, is it, by the way, Oliver? No, no, he's not spoken to me since. <laughs> thank God, thank God. Um, was that you, and, and he said to me, you have to keep doing this. There's, there's, there's so much love generated mm. between families when they come. Um, and, uh, and whilst, you know, I, I've, I've half forgotten about that, I do think that is true. And that in of itself yeah. is, is enough reward uh, to keep doing it, really. And it's all about it's about nurture and it's about putting new things in front of, you know, kids and adults, you know, um, challenging exactly. them, exactly. catching some kids just at the right time, you know. Yeah. yeah. So just remind us of the dates, Oliver, as the last line before our last minute finishes. What are the dates for the festival this year? Uh, 28th of July until until the Monday sort of thing. So and just into the school holiday. <clears throat> Well, thank you so much for joining us, Oliver. You've been listening to the podcast Two Big Egos in a Small Car. Your hosts were Graham Chalmers and Charles Hutchinson. This was a Baltic sub-production.